Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. So uh, tonight we were talking about the five commitments um, and the five commitments um, that we have to be committed to in order to have the relationship of the quality that we want. Um, And the idea is that we have those commitments so that we're not forever judging each situation individually um, so that we know what we're committed to um, and what conditions we're committed to them under. And so the commitment, the five commitments are to build a relationship of equals based on trust, respect and kindness, to learn what it takes to make a relationship work to take complete responsibility for your relationships, to commit to choosing a partner based on the qualities and their ability uh, for a long-term successful relationship and a commitment to, to being the quality of partner that you expect. And so the, the idea is that if you have the commitment to those, those become your boundaries. Those become your the, the standards that you aspire to and so that you're able to nip problems in the, in the bud. Okay, so welcome everyone. So the topic tonight we've got is the five commitments. And basically the, the idea is that 100% commitment is easier than 99%. Um, okay, so before we actually start with the main topic, uh, I'm just going to run through expectations and um, give anyone who's who's new to the meeting an insight of of what's going to we're going to do ahead. So the the whole point of this group is to having a safe place to honestly discuss relationships. So everyone's opinion is valid. Uh, no one's opinion dominates. It's not about being right. It's just about having a place, a safe place that we can discuss relationships in a way that maybe we wouldn't with people that we see in our everyday life. Um, there's no stupid questions. Everyone's um, anything that you're going to be struggling with, other people are going to doubt it as well. And it's always good to reclarify and redefine. Um, so, uh, how it works is in the main room, we have a discussion. Uh, this The audio is recorded. Um, and so then you can catch up on any meetup that you've missed out, missed out on. The um, Breakout rooms are private, so that doesn't get recorded. No one hears other than the people that you're discussing with. If you can, if you can have your camera on, because this is a person-to-person interaction, it just makes people feel better, especially in the breakout rooms. Some people feel, un- some people, um, feel uncomfortable, and it's going to change how people perceive you if you don't have your camera on, because people are going to think, who am I talking to? So... Of course, there are reasons sometimes because of bandwidth, because of where you are and what you're doing. You can't, but if you can, if in the breakout room, if you just explain to people why you can't have the camera on or you, or you don't have the camera on. Um, okay, so I think that's most of it. If there's any problems in the breakout room, um, if you leave, um, I'll be in the main room and I can reassign you. Um, uh, I'm going to put a link in the chat later that's for any feedback, comments, or suggestions. Um, okay, 
So let's get started with the main, the main topic. So the, the topic is the five commitments. And so basically this is about the fact that if you haven't made a decision, it's tiring to make decisions. So if, if you wait until you see how you feel, you end up never going to the gym. You end up eating the cake. You end up buying the impulse buy. And in the same way with dating and relationships, it means that if you go on a dating site and you're not really committed to it, you're going to give up when you have a bad interaction. In a relationship, it means it's more stressful because you're always thinking, am I in this relationship or am I not? Would I, should I leave? Is the grass greener? So you always have to make like 101 different decisions. And research shows us that making a decision is tiring. And so the less decisions we have to make, the more energy we have for the big decisions. So in the blog post that I shared with some information, I showed um, uh, about uh, Barack Obama and um, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, who basically made the decision to always wear the same thing. And they, made the, they wore the same thing because it meant that they never had to make a decision about what they were going to wear. So they had their energy uh, freed up for the big decisions. So if you have, so basically the gist of the article that I wrote was, if you have, if you make clear cut decisions, um, it, it means you never have to make a decision whether to go to the gym, whether to date, whether to do this, whether to do that, whether you're in a relationship or not. It means that you just get on and do it. And most of our energy and most of the anguish in relationships is about unmade decisions. So, yet yeah, I don't believe that you always you always going to need to um, like relationships are going to be conditional um, because you're no not about saying, um, a bad or a good decision then. Because um, you say that it's tiring, but it's also sort of. Um, there's a, a need, a desire to make a good decision. Um, so time spent uh, thinking about and weighing up the um, consequences of making the decision, is that not worthwhile just to make a good decision? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, for example, I think um, there, was a, there was a spate of, there was a time like the 80s, 90s when all kind of um, business gurus and that were, were basically taking what was in the Japanese style of business of Kaizen and continual improvement and things like that. And basically one of the differences, the, the, when they brought over their ideas, they didn't always work because there was a different culture. And one of the important parts of the Japanese culture is that um, it seems to be that they all agree but actually they spend a long time before they make the decision in private discussing it. Um, and they, they, they hear all sides and there's quite a lot of diversity in the, in the way that they make the decision. But then once they've made the decision and they all, they all agree to it. So yes, I think you should make, um, you need to spend a lot of time on working out what the right decision is. And obviously you should re review it sometimes, but I think, um, and really what I've done in the five commitments that we're going to talk about is 
what I believe are the keys to the key decisions to commit to. So um, I think you should make a decision, but with that is conditional. So people all want unconditional love, but the reality is that humans um, for the most part are capable of that. And if someone, like, I don't think anyone should stay in a relationship where there's abuse, where there's violence, where there's control, where there's manipulation. So I think there needs to be clear um, boundaries of what, what is unacceptable. But what you don't want to be making a constantly remaking the decision is, okay, I don't feel so great today. Um, am I am I still in this? Or um, this person is more attractive, and maybe I've got a chance with them. Um, should I, you know, am I better chopping and changing? Because that kind of chopping and changing um, is always going to is never going to lead to lasting happiness. So it's really yes so there's a lot a lot of build up to make the decision and to be clear and yes you can change the decision because as we evolve and as we change we get more clarity and we can make better decisions so um i think the what we'll do now is we'll go to small breakout rooms to actually we'll start for one minute and think about how does this apply in your life so for some of us it's going to be um diet um so for example i've been trying to give up sugar and i've mostly given up i've given up chocolate but sometimes it's like you had it you've had dinner and you really feel like a, a cake or a biscuit um, and that's the worst time to make a decision so um that's really my one so some people decide to exercise like based on how they feel and then they go to work and they go, oh, no, I'm too tired tonight and, they, and I'm not going to do it. And so they end up never going to the gym. Some people go out and make a decision to buy something when they're shopping um, based on whether it feels like a good deal at the time. Um, for a lot of people dating, it's... Um, based, you know, like they get a couple of bad, they have a bad experience, they have a bad message and they go, oh, dating doesn't work, I'm giving up. Um, and in relationships, it's, they have a, a bad day, they're not feeling good about their partner in, in that day, that week. Um, and so they decide, oh, maybe I'd be better in a, in a different relationship. So we'll take one minute to think about how does this apply to your life? What area, um, are you making decisions based on how you feel in the moment? Is this exclusively for relationships or just any area? No, first of all, just to think about any area. So it could be exercise, it could be um, diet, it could be money, um, work, whatever. Okay, everyone's back. Um, I'm just going to mute everyone again, but unmute yourself um, so we can unmute ourselves one, one at a time to talk. Um, anyone got any question, comment, or um, insight in that on that concept, on the idea of making a decision up front? Okay, Daz. Yeah, I think I'm going to 
I think it's good to have a balance of being uh, disciplined or organised. The way I try to perceive it that you were saying, Rob, is it's not good to be doing everything off impulse. Um, be Maybe that's disorganised, but um, it's good to be organised. Um, but there's a, uh, you know, some people might be very OCD and too organised and too planned. Um, you know, if Rob, if you said, Daz, do you want to come for a pint tonight? I'd be like, I always do my washing on a Monday. I always go to the gym on a Monday. And there's very little flexibility. Not friends, family, potential partner. It can disrupt things and make things not as good as they could be. They could be better if you're not being flexible with people. Um, I described it. I knew a female friend who was very organised about chores and this is my day off. I always do my washing on my day off. Uh, and she was like that with friends, but she was like that at potentially meeting someone as well. But I told her myself, I said, a year later, two years later, I said, I've seen changes in you that when you're texting me, it seems as if you've been more flexible with this new lad who's on the scene. And I weren't having a go because I wasn't interested, but I said, I see it seems as if you're not being so rigid with that person. Maybe that's because it's more of a person that you think they might be the one. And you, whereas other people, you didn't, either it was you or they are more, you're willing to make that more effort to be more flexible. Uh, and I still think there's a good balance being, being organised because sometimes it's good because if you're organised, then it can accommodate other things. If I was organised tonight, you could say, right, tea's done, the rest of the night's myself. And then some, somebody randomly might say, well, in the good old days, um, do you want to come to the pub randomly? But you might say, no, sorry, I've still got my tea to sort. But if you was organised, you might have the, the night free. Having that flexibility and uh, doing things on impulse, switching it where Rob might actually go text, yeah, Daz, do you want to come out? Oh, we hadn't planned it. As the most disorganised and spontaneous person, I, I'm I'm fully with you. Um, I th I think it is. Um, it, it just for the big decisions, for the real, really important things. I think this is um, like you make those ahead of times. Right, I'm just going to uh, bring in Catherine. Cat. Good yeah. to see you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank God it worked out. Uh, for me, so what came up for me that I think it will definitely free me up to have time and energy to make bigger decisions is to predetermine what I'm going to have for breakfast and, and dinner because I don't really, I, I, don't have, I don't have a preference. It will just make it eat my life easier, but I really care about lunch. So then lunch will be a little more flexible and every day I'll have something different, but I might have a theme. Mondays is um, taco Monday instead of taco Tuesday, right? And they just do it that way. Uh, but that, that can be applied to anything else. The things that are not as important and that we do on automatic, why not have it set? So then when something big comes up, um, then we already have the energy and excited to do it. And also we have flexibility. It's our own schedule. It's our own decision. So something changes you have the freedom to say, I changed my mind, or yeah, uh, I have something planned, but because this is, sounds more fun, I want to do this. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think um, I, I, I've, I've had that kind of thinking about, like if I, if I set a time when I'm going to eat, I don't always have to make the decision because otherwise I'm sitting there and I'm working and I'm thinking really hungry, really fancy this. Really, and half the time it's, it's an excuse to get out of, um, you know, like to procrastinate. Um, Alan. Yeah, I remember um, it must have been about 13, 14, something like that. I was, I was on a bus to school and basically um, the stop before school was where the shops were and it was it must have been like the longest space between bus stops in the world it was massive probably about half a mile so it was a big decision do i get off and get a chocolate car and not walk to school or do i go to school and by the time i'd made my decision i realized i was actually off the bus and i, I couldn't believe it i was like wow what's going on here um so I'd automatically taken myself off the bus because the impulse, I suppose, of the chocolate bar was more important than, um, than you know, walking to school, I suppose. But I've never forgot that because I think it leads to an important thing. Of, um, it, it's, I did it automatically, and I think where we're coming, where we're leading to potentially on this is the automatic thinking because if something is if we breathe automatically our heart beats automatically and thinking as you said earlier on requires requires energy doesn't it um and if we're if we know what we're going to have for our feet if we know if we know what we're going to wear today already then those decisions don't take away energy and i suppose we can then apply that energy elsewhere in our lives and I was saying in the group that I despise going food shopping and I will put it off and put it off and put it off but I do spend a lot of time thinking about what I will have me take even though I have got a full fridge of food so I think it definitely there's definitely something to it um, and I think maybe getting some sort of balance in place would lead to being a better person ultimately Hello Fresh really worked for me with food because um, you, you, they just give you you just book, book them up a, a couple of weeks in advance and then it's just which pack uh, Imran uh, is it is it Imran or it's Maria it's Maria sorry Imran is my surname. Um, yeah, so I have to I forgot his name but I have to agree with the person who said. Um, about the balance between being organized and the impulse thing. Um, I would see it more as um, being open to new possibilities. Um, I, yeah, I also have a set schedule in terms of like breakfast or lunch because it kind of gets annoying to kind of decide. But I am open to, you know, something new happening or something coming up in the day because that just kind of you know, makes things more exciting. So I, I'd have to agree with the balance between um, decision-making and, you know, openness. Hmm. I personally, I hate routine. So I've never had any kind of, well, I've never thought that I had a routine and I'm, I basically did everything based on how I felt and, and what I felt was right in the moment. But what I found is having some kind of structure 
and some kind of routine frees you up. Um, it actually frees you up rather than controls you. Yeah. Um, but it, but it, but yeah, I, I like for me just to have a routine and and to be as structured as as Daz said that would really i would have no energy from that so I, I i like to have spontaneity but i need some structures to be able to function properly um errol did you did you want to join in or yeah yeah sorry yeah um what what i suppose one thing i want to just throw into the middle was that i mean that's quite right there needs to be a good balance and where that balance is will depend on your natural character you know some people are more organized some people are more creative and they may very well prefer the flexibility but i find that uh, indecision is very tiring because it plays on your mind all the time uh, so if by if you lose that contrast or control and you can't make a decision or you know you should make the decision but you play games with yourself not to make it. So you know you should do something, uh, but instead you find something else to do so you don't have to do that. And you let it be procrastinating. That then comes kind of in the back of your mind. You know you should do it and you're not doing it. And that can be causes stress. And that then causes tiredness, physical tiredness even. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, does everyone feel that they've got the concept is anyone still doubting or, or still not quite sure or how it would apply to them? Um, just that you say that having structure frees you up. So could you just talk a little bit about that, please? Okay. Um, so um, if, every, if every day you wake up and you've got no set time to be up, um, then in the morning you're lying in bed and, and it's cold outside and you're uh, oh, just snooze a little bit longer, snooze a little bit longer. And then you can end up being two hours before you've actually got up. And then if you haven't, like you don't have some kind of like morning routine, like you're waking up and what do I do? Do I shower? Do I have breakfast? Do I shower or do I have breakfast? Um, and then um, so constantly, you're never sure what you're doing and um so you're you're always waiting for is there something better or is there a um or, or you know like based on how you feel so if you want to take it to to dating um i never really like planning up ahead um it um i, I don't i have now and i have ages away and um so when I when I was dating, um, it'd be like I, I wouldn't sort of think of the weekend, um, and so then it'd be like Friday, and I someone I was messenger and I'd go, oh, do you fancy doing something tomorrow? Um, and um, but most of the time, people have have booked up things like that ahead of time, um, and so I think typically men tend I don't know if they're they're waiting because um seeing if they've got other um options or whether they're waiting because they just haven't planned ahead whereas women in my experience tend to be like i'm organizing things with friends um does that make sense louise yes thank you okay um does in 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 reply to your 
um, thing in the, in the comments. Um, I would say not necessarily, because um, there's something more. Um, because yeah, I think probably more anxious people. I, I don't. I think de depressed people just feel so bad that they just don't do it, even if they have that routine. Um, um, but I don't think it's necessarily. Yeah, I think it's more sort of anxious people. Yeah, I was just I just pinched off your idea, Rob, where mm. he was going down the route where do a lie here and get up and just keep snoozing the alarm, whereas sometimes you need to push yourself and go, right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to have some structure in my life. Mm. I, I think it's... I'll um, get structure and say, right, I'm going to get up, I'm going to be productive. Yeah, I, I think th that's slightly different, but depressed people are so um, down that they don't have energy to do even though they've they've made the decision um okay so if we, so so the next thing we're going to look at if everyone's got the general concept is um the five commitments and so the first commitment is to build a relationship of equals based on trust respect and kindness so um what we'll do is we'll go to the breakout room um, so everyone can get involved and discuss. Are you committed to building a relationship of equals based on trust, respect, and kindness? Um, is that clear? Any Anyone got any questions? Is anyone going to say no to that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I put it first because I thought it was the, the, um, no, the, the main point. I want it to be unequal. <laughs> the... The thing is that I don't think people necessarily disagree with it, but they then base the relationship on other things because someone's hot, because someone is convenient. So that's really the decision. Um, but let me know if anyone disagrees and we'll then discuss it. Can I, can I, I ask what your definition of commitment is? Um, good question, Betty. Um, commitment how do I define it without saying the word? So something that you decide, it's, an, it's, it's a decision you've made. So you're not going to do no that. Matter what. You stick to no it. No matter what, what, but with conditions. Yeah. Um, so, but you decide the decisions when you make the commitment so that it's not because, oh, I don't feel like that today. Or I don't feel like that today. So, um, can anyone help me out? Because I'm struggling to... to no, that makes, that makes sense, Rob. It, it means that your, your action aligned with your words or your values. Yes, yeah, so you, so so you say the word. Yes, yeah, so you say the word and then you have integrity to that. Yeah. You kind yeah, of that invest in that. Sorry? Is it that you kind of invest in that as well? You, you, you make <clears> that pledge and you kind of stick, obviously, with the conditions, but that's your intent. You're setting your intention... Yeah, so it's like you make a marriage vow and then the idea is that you live up to it. And the same thing, you make the condition. Um, I just think you should have the clauses clear on, on what the the breaking points are. Um, okay. It's having integrity as well. Yeah, it's having the integrity of living up to your word. Yeah, I think that's that I think you've you've pinpointed that issue really. Welcome back. So did anyone is anyone not committed? Did anyone disagree? 
Um, I, don't, I don't think we disagreed. I think we had a really interesting discussion around what it actually means to be equals and um, the importance of you could be equal, but completely different. And perhaps a good relationship can kind of hold that difference. Um, and, and the other thing we had quite an interesting discussion around was trust. And uh, we used the kind of, um, kind of compared it to this idea of, do you trust somebody from the outset? Um, and trust is only lost when they, you know, kind of do something so that you lose trust for them? Or is it more that you, it's, it's kind of okay to be kind of quite guarded and not fully trust um, until time has revealed that, you know, a person is trustworthy. Um, and I think people had kind of different approaches to that in the, in the group that we were in, which was quite interesting. What, what's your approach? What do you think if you had to jump one side? Oh, I'm, I'm a sitting on the fence person, so I'd never jump one side. But I, I felt as a female, and I didn't want to massively gender it because maybe it's just me as a human being, that I would personally feel too vulnerable to think, oh, I completely trust this person when I met them. I would... I feel like I come to a situation with an open mind and an open heart, but just a level of guardedness to kind of keep me safe. Um, so that would be, oh, I think this person is really nice and, you know, they're saying kind of really good things here, but, you know, kind of take baby steps and, and, and just kind of see what happens. Um, but for somebody else, that might be um, too cautious. And somebody else might approach a situation where they, they would see that as, oh, you're perhaps a little bit guarded or, or closed. So, you know, we are kind of, I guess, very different as individuals. Okay. Um, as a quick show of hands, um, which side of the fence are you on? So if you put your hands up, if you think um, that you trust from the outset and if you're, yeah, uh, um, you can use reactions if you're not, um, if you're not on camera. Right. So we've got one, two, three. Cat, uh, was your hand up or? Exactly. What is your question? Okay. So the question is, do you trust someone implicitly from the outset or do you wait and see what from the evidence and trust them from the evidence so if you trust them from the outset hands up one two three four okay so four um and five okay um Personally, I think based on my experience is I think you, you should trust when you have evidence. Um, okay, Sasha, Sasha says she should assume. I think you should give people the chance. You should give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but like you wouldn't trust, you wouldn't trust someone with all your money 
so why trust them with your heart? Um, so and it doesn't mean you're very reserved. You, you wouldn't love unconditionally. Um, you won't trust without having some sort of reason to trust. You're very held back. Is that sort of um, how you would advise um, relationships to um, be conducted? <laughs> I guess so. I think you give people the opportunity, you, you give people the benefit of the doubt, but with your, like if you were doing a financial tra transaction, Louise, would you trust the person implicitly from the outset? Um, it depends on the context, I suppose. I mean, some things are legally binding bound you know um some things are not sort of i mean i'm not handing over my money you know there are there are sort of um regulations as to how transactions take place you know i mean they're not sort of with a bank you have a some sort of contract do you not so it's you know you know hmm. so you trust the bank based on the fact that there's laws protecting you and um so you you, you have so you're kind of trusting in the law and, and the systems of, of banking? Yeah. Okay. So, right. Um, so let, let me, let me give a little bit more detail in that. I don't think you should be like, I'm, I'm not going to have anything to do with you because of this. I'm not going to trust you because of this. What I'm saying is you'd be open to the relationship, but I don't believe that you can know someone until six months or a year in. And if you're believing that everything that everyone says, then what happens is there are some people that will paint you the picture of everything that you wanted to see, to believe in. Um, and they'll tell you that they are everything um, that the dream that you want. And then you'll find out six months or a year later that they were just playing you or, or, or whatever and if you've then trusted them um and you you trust them implicitly and you believe everything that they say on face value then what happens is suddenly you're you're in a relationship where you're trusting them and letting them um letting them basically uh control your life and um affect too much too soon yeah yeah so, so what i'm what what i would say is you give everyone every chance to hurt you because that's the only way that you're going to know if you can trust them or not but you don't commit to anything you don't commit to trusting them until you 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 have evidence uh, um that shows that shows that they are someone worthy of trusting does that make more sense Yes. Um, but... if, I, if I understood correctly, I thought at the beginning of this session, one of the statements that was made was um, about commitment and being committed fully or something like that. Mm. Now, based on what you just said, it's just put a lot of doubts in my mind about what exactly you meant by your first statement, because 
if you're not going to commit fully and it's like well i don't trust you how do you like open up how, how how do you allow yourself to be hurt or like put yourself there to get to know the person? yeah because i think that by taking that step and and saying well i'm gonna put in this much and and hopefully if this person is who they say they are you there's a potential to be hurt but then is that the end of the world yeah no so yeah. again my question about what you were saying about commitment is just like and now saying this it's kind of contradictory okay um so what i what i mean is first of all you commit to the relationship so you commit to the relationship Okay, can we can we pause this for one minute, and I just want to do something else, and then we'll come back and, and make sure that this point addresses it. Okay. Okay. So everyone's agreed that they're committed to the relationship of trust, kindness, respect. Yep. Okay. So we've agreed that point. So now we've all been in relationships. We've all been committed. We, we can't find anyone. So this is, obviously, this is a, a certain group. But we probably got into relationships with people who are quite similar to us. So, um, so maybe, or we thought they were. So I'm guessing that most of us haven't had that relationship of trust, um, kindness, and respect. So why... Why not? They're reserved. Not <laughs> sticking to the commitments or they lied to you near the beginning. We weren't truthful at the beginning. Uh, one of my examples I gave was somebody might not have been truthful about any debt they've got or any of their past relationship history. They might not have been so truthful about, hang on, yeah, I've got loads of debt, I've got, or I've got addiction. There's three examples. Okay, and did you did you then stay in a relationship, Daz, or? or? Um, it depends whether they def uh, defended, uh, you know, if somebody said, yeah, well, I was unfaithful once, but, I'd, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of one. Maybe I might have done because somebody said, well, I was it. I was in this relationship and the relationship was dead. So um, it was more of a friendship for them. So they explained, they defended their reasons and you chose to trust their defence. Okay. Um, so has anyone been in a relationship, maybe three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years into the relationship and the relationship was completely different than you wanted at the beginning, but you stay in it because yes. you're in that relationship. Yes. Okay. I, so I would say that, yeah. That um, where we were when things started um, certainly changed. And I think, of course, if it is a long term relationship, life events can change the pressure on a relationship. The, the stresses on people in that relationship 
And I guess if you don't have the mutual understanding of what you know matters in a relationship it's easy for things like the kindness to disappear the respect to disappear and then ultimately if that really breaks down your trust in that person their trust in in you starts to erode as well and, and then that I think is when a relationship is probably when when all that starts to disappear I think a relationship is in a, a very kind of broken place. Yeah. So, so the, the first commitment, um, so if, if I just, your comment, Celestina, the first commitment is to the quality of the relationship. So you're committed that the relationship is going to be that level. It's going to have that kindness, that trust, that respect. Because what will happen if you don't have commitment to that quality of relationship, that because you're in the relationship, you're, you will, um, it, it will drift. It will drift and it will, will not be as good, and, but you'll stay in the relationship um, without those things. And so what's happened is there's a problem. You either fix the problem. In order to maintain the trust, kindness, respect, you have to change how you operate, how you relate. Um, and so having the commitment to the quality of the relationship means that you're committed to that being constant and what you do is going to change in order to maintain that. Right. So where you're having difficulty is because I said um, commitment and then I've said, don't be committed at the beginning. So what I'm saying is, um, that you get to know someone and I'm not saying that you be closed. I'm not saying that you um, make a decision that someone's bad automatically, but I'm saying that in that period when you don't know, like you meet someone off a dating site, you know nothing about them other than what they've told you. Six months or a year in, you've seen enough of them to know what to trust. So if we're going to trust people from the outset, we're going to read everyone's profile and everyone's kind. Everyone's loving. Everyone loves long walks. Everyone, every man loves fishing. Every um, one loves romantic dinners and everyone's been a saint in their past relationships. What everyone says is all the same. And so we're going to believe everyone's all the same. So does that make more sense to your point? Um, a bit, not necessarily, because I, I still believe that with life, you go through a lot of like changes, things evolve, you yourself, you evolve. So whatever you thought was what you were committed to in the relationship could evolve into something that is not what you wanted at the beginning of, of that relationship. Does that mean you should walk away? I'm not a believer of that. I don't believe that just because something is no longer what I wanted it to be, I walk away. I believe in, is there an opportunity here to understand why this has evolved? Am I changing? Have I changed? Has things about me changed? Is there a way to fix it? So again, 
for me, things not working out or things like, okay, there's no kindness anymore. It's not a deal breaker. It's, it's actually a point of reflection that says- This is an opportunity. Yeah. Is, is there something I can do here? Is this an opportunity for me to reassess who I am and what I have been doing all this time? And, and those sort of things. So I'm still a bit not really sure if I, yeah, not that I'm not really sure. I'm, I don't quite agree on the first statement and then the second statement because I'm still conflicted in my mind about it. But I, I mean, I think it'll be best if we move on eventually. I'm sure I'll like understand whatever you mean. Okay. <clears throat> um, yes. Yeah, I think language is something sometimes difficult um, and we often have disagreements based on different opinions, but you will evolve and what you want in a relationship will evolve. But I'm, and I think what you were saying is akin to that. You, you, you would say that was a point of reflection. And I'm not saying that you give up when the relationship doesn't have those things, but I'm saying you're committed to bringing it, the relationship back to that quality. So what do you do as an individual? And it may be that you, you agree or you, or you disagree and then you know all of us have to make our own decisions um but that's my point um i just want to address louise's um so um because i think otherwise that's going to be a barrier for louise um louise um so so your point is that you have to let a relationship happen to get to know someone yeah, I think there needs to be a degree of um, flexibility and um, um, uh, just a desire, a mutual desire to know someone and not be so um, held back and rigid. So just a natural sort of inquisitiveness and um, openness. Okay, um, I, I agree. What, what, what were you thinking that I was disagreeing with? <laughs> um, well, you just mentioned that we don't love or we shouldn't love unconditionally. And um, you also just, um, yeah, I mean, um, um, you just made two statements which I thought were a bit sort of narrow-minded. Okay. Um, uh, can you tell me what those statements were? Well, that we don't love unconditionally was one of them. I forget what the second one was now. Okay. Um, and if you can just sort of maybe extrapolate if you can just maybe give more of an example as to why you don't love unconditionally if you can sort of give a reason as to why that would be the incorrect okay. and inappropriate thing to do okay so so if you love unconditionally it means i love you whatever you do and i think the closest we come to unconditional love is with our children yeah definitely yeah However, um, there's been psychological research. So there's, there's basically seven types of love. 
and um, unconditional love is agapic love. And so there's been research where researchers have tried to look into agapic love because this is the ideal. And they've had to abandon the studies because they couldn't find examples. Um, they found instances, but they couldn't find people who, who love unconditionally. Um, okay. And so my... It's something so to aspire my, to, no? Isn't it well, something want to love your people in the way that you love your children or isn't that something to have that degree of compassion um, um yes definitely yeah, as I, an as an individual we we I, I think we should love um as much in, unconditionally I think we should my basic philosophy is we should love people as much as they allow us to meaning that we accept people as they are yeah um yeah. my um the problem, like why I would never say that um, in terms of relationship advice is because lots of people go into relationships with a romantic ideal um, and, that, and a belief that they're going to love someone whatever they do and they end up being cheated on and being abused, being lied to um, and they tolerate these kind of relationships being have a, a basic principle that people will treat you, will, people will give you the minimum that they have to. Um, and if you accept that kind of behavior, um, people will just carry on doing it and they think, okay, I can just get away with this and I can go sleep with other people and I can um, not give any attention and uh, change my ways um, and they'll still accept me. Um, so, so you were talking about giving someone the chance to hurt you. So I guess that's what you're saying if you... Um... So in terms of give, giving yeah. someone... In, in terms of giving someone the chance to hurt you, what I mean is you be open. You, you date someone, yeah. you be open, you be curious. Yeah. But you, I don't think that you should commit until you know the person. Um, because many people have a wonderful six months, a wonderful year with someone who turns out to be the biggest nightmare they've ever met. Um, and they then spend years in damaging, destructive relationships because they're trying to recapture the magic of the first three months and they become controlled. And um, what I, I, I believe that in a relationship, we, um, we, we have to hold each other accountable. So we have to be better for the relationship and our partners have to be better. And if we accept them as being less, what we're saying is that's okay. I'm still going to love you. you. You still get that. You, you don't have to try anything. Whereas I think we should encourage each other to be better, to be better partners. Earlier on, you said something, and I can't remember exactly what you said, but there is a notion of um, being in love with being in love, with the idea yes. of being in love yes. um, versus actually growing to love someone. And I think it's worthy um, of this session to decouple the, those notions. Because some of what I'm hearing, I kind of hear that um, a strand of that notion of, it's the concept of being in love itself that is driving um, our perception of, of, of the love that we think that we we, yeah. we 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 are experiencing with someone else or yeah i i think that's a really good distinction um we can love 
Um, we can love people, and I think we should. I think we should love everyone. But we don't have to be in a relationship with them. We don't have to sleep with them. We don't have to um, wash up after them. We, we don't have to mother them or father them. We can love them who, for who they are. But if they can't give you that quality of relationship, if they can't treat you with kindness, with respect and trust, then how can you have that relationship? They either have to, um, like, you have to sort yourself out to be the best partner you can. If um, they uh, can't, then they have to, they have to rise up to, to the level of being worthy of your, of being worthy of the relationship. I don't think they have to be worthy of love but worthy of the relationship. Um, Fernando's patiently had his hand up for a while. Sorry for taking so long. Let's get around to you. Uh, no, you just asked earlier on to raise our hands for voting. Oh, okay. Right. Um, okay. <clears throat> um, does that clarify things, Louise? Yeah, thank you. Yes, right. Okay. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Just uh, when you said give them a chance to hurt you, do you mean open up? And then if they yes, yes. hurt you, then yeah. on to the next because one. You, yeah, because you can't know someone until they've had a chance to hurt you. So over six, like over six months or a year, you've seen people in different contexts. You've seen people when they're able to, to put on a show. You've seen people um, when they're in a bad mood. You've seen them in all the, with different people, different contexts. It's, hard, it's when you row and someone has the chance to hurt you and doesn't that you know that you can trust them. It's when someone has... In, in the situation to take advantage and they don't, that you know that they're worthy of trust. So I think you'd be open. I don't think you actively mistrust, but you'd be observant of whether trust is, is a judgment in someone and it's a judgment in, based on evidence. Um, yes, so, so yeah, I think you, um, you give the opportunity just by being open, but then you commit once you have the evidence. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Okay. If, right, so are we ready to move on to, to commitment two? I think, is anyone still stuck on one? Okay. So commitment two is, to you learning what it takes to make a relationship work. So, you know, we talked about how relationships go and friction happens and people, relationships end up not being what we hope they were. So the first commitment is to um, a commitment to, to the quality of relationship that you want. Right, so commitment two is to learning what it takes to make a relationship work. Um, so we'll go into breakout rooms so everyone can discuss this. And the topic is um, the, the second commitment, what it takes, committed to learning what it takes to make a relationship work. Now, um, 
what are the implications? What are your examples from your own personal relationships? And I think most of us, if not all of us, have been in relationships that have ended um, not being what we wanted them to. And it's my contention that it's because we don't know because we've never been taught and nobody's ever taught us and no, and we've never been told even what the skills are to develop, to make a relationship work. So that's the topic for the breakout rooms. Is everyone clear on that? Yes. Sorry, I tuned out. Are these your, are these your, is this your, your? Yes. Whatever that question was going to be. <laughs> this has come from your your creative mind. Yes. Cool. Um, my suggestions for commitments. Um, okay, so does anyone have comment, suggestion, insight? I thought that uh, the way you worded the question was quite interesting. Are you asking, are we committed? to learning and I thought that um, it means that we should keep going that regardless of what happens or rather if we get the inevitable setback and we're not uh, getting what we want in a relationship we shouldn't just stop we should keep going so we've got a commitment to our own learning and our own growth and having a willingness to try and stay open and put in the effort and the hard work. Yeah definitely. Um, I believe that the quality of your relationships is we talked about it being a journey um, and it is it's it's like your personal challenge so the person that you have a relationship with so every relationship is going to end and I know that I have kind of that anti-romantic view um, but every relationship is going to end it's either going to end in death or it's going to end in uh, a breakup and you, I believe that you commit to someone and I believe that you commit fully. Um, but, and I, and I think I, I saw, I didn't see at the time when it came up, but Alan had put about the conditions and I think he, he articulated it really well. I've seen a chat if anyone hasn't seen it. Um, so I believe that um, you be committed to the quality of the relationship um, and not everyone. <laughs> Good point from Errol. Um, and, I think you be committed to the quality of the relationship and then it's, it's up to you because having, having a great relationship is about you being in the right state, having the right partner and building the right relationship together. And you can't, you can't control another person. So it's not necessarily always going to be that person. And that's why I'm saying you're committed and, until the conditions are met but if you have a commitment to the quality of the relationship you the right person you'll um not aspire in, inspire um and evolve together um and the wrong person you'll you're never going to have that relationship with and so what it means is you're then faced with a choice of do i take a subpar relationship with this person who i'm already in with or do I stand firm that this is the quality of relationship I demand? And I think that's how you determine the quality or the, the, 
level of partner that you commit to. So, um, so yes, so I believe that it's always learning how to be better at relationships. And I think most of, I think all of us have been given a deck or a, a framework for relationships that just doesn't work. Um, so, so it's, it's really starting from that point that, and with the aspiration that we can, we can be in, in charge of our relationships. We can, through learning how to make them better, make them better. Um, so, and I know like, like Errol's joking and, and, and people have said in the past that I'm quite negative because I have this positivity that all that we can have the right relationship. We can um, find the right partner. We can build the relationship that we want and find the person. And the way that we do it is by resolving all the problems and the barriers in the way of it. So that leads to um, commitment. The third commitment, which is taking complete responsibility. Ask you before you move on to the third commitment, which is more important: the quality of the relationship or the partner? So keeping on to the keeping hold of the partner that you've had for however long, or maintaining the quality. Which would you think is more important? So, so mine is you commit to the quality of the relationship. Okay, thank you. And and my reason for saying that is that if you commit to the partner. And it's going to follow the pattern of most relationships, which is dwindling down. If you commit to the quality, the partner that's committed to you will also work at making the relationship better. If you commit to the partner, um, that's basically accepting, accepting them unconditionally, which means that if the partner is, is not as committed to a relationship as you, that it means that they it's easier for them. If you say, no, look, we need to sort this out. Our relationship isn't working. We need to fix this. We need to do this. We need to do that. Um, we need to work at this together. Then you have the relationship. And if the partner is, is, is the one that's going to work on that, then you have the right partner and the right relationship. If the partner isn't, then you're just going to end up with a relationship. And so basically, if you've committed to that partner, you're quality of relationship is dependent on them and if there's someone that is committed then you probably haven't got that problem already if you have got that problem then they're probably not going to um, bother because they're not um, already committed to that um, does that answer your question sufficiently yes thank you <coughs> thank you Okay, so commitment number three is taking complete responsibility for my relationships. Now, does anyone have a reaction to that? I think it sounds great. I don't think it's always yeah. easy. It's nice to blame someone else and make them responsible for things, but we, it's 50-50, isn't it? Or, yeah, I think it sounds hmm. good. It it's um so like you say people always have 
you know, like, like my partner, my, I can't do this or whatever. Um, but if you take responsibility and, and ultimately the responsibility is being in the relationship or not, it may be. Um, Sasha, did you? I'm not 100% what you meant by that, sorry. Taking responsibility for your relationships, the relationships that you choose to be in or the mistakes that you make within the relationships. Well, um, I suppose... No, it's not an ice cream tray, um, I, I suppose you, you, you do... Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, we all have to come to acceptance with ourselves. Um, but basically, it's, if the quality of the relationship isn't what I want, um, I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to work on that. But sometimes it could be that you're, you do take responsibility, um, but it may become quite complex because you may recognise that you do not have the quality of the relationship that you ideally would like, but you may have children and you may feel that the stability and the commitment you have to that situation and, and the kind of, um, yeah, just the, the stability may outweigh your desire at a particular moment in time to have the quality of relationship that ideally you know you ought to I mean that's just a real world example of why sometimes people might yeah. compromise on a relationship mm. and you've, you've talked about other reasons that people do um yeah I mean I was in that situation I stayed in in my marriage longer because of my kids mm. um Yes, so I understand that. That that's um, the reality. Um, but the, the, okay, so there's 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 two sides to taking responsibility. That one side is some people will take all responsibility, um, and they think everything is is down to them. Um, so, and then the other side is some people take no responsibility. So it's recognizing that you make your decision, but and what's really behind it, what the, the real driver of it is that if you don't take responsibility for your relationships, you're always going to be a victim. It's going to be the wrong person because the other person did this. There's nothing that you can do. Um, and so basically you're stuck. And so the reason that this comes third and, and not first is if you commit to the quality of the relationship, then um, this is like, I'm going to do everything um, in my power in that relationship so it may be that a year two years or, or however long you decide you decide to stay in that relationship but that's your conscious choice of balancing off um you know di uh, different responsibilities and, and and feelings so there's no guide but we all have to plot our own um you know what's right for us and how we feel and sometimes we need to take time to to work out and to see that kids are going to be okay because even when you made the decision to jump from a relationship there's still um you know other things to navigate and it, it sometimes you're not ready like you might you know the Gottman's talk about this six years between the average person knowing their marriage is over and, and telling the other person um and sometimes we're just not ready we're not in a place we need to be strong enough um so so those are all the things but if you feel it's not your responsibility then you're 
always going to be a victim um, and there's nothing you can do. And the worst thing that can happen is you to feel that you're not in control because while you have control, there's something that you can do and you have some optimism and you have some energy. If you feel that there's nothing that you can do, then, you know, that, that, that's despair and depression. But sometimes um, we think that we're doing the partner a favor and yeah. we have to be aware of that as well because they may want out or they may want a change in certain things, but because they're not sane and they're being passive in a sense, you think that um, you're doing it for their sake. You're not going to, you know, upset the apple cart and upset them because they, they but um, so you have two people who are unwilling to make the first move um, and being totally dissatisfied or dissatisfied to some level. So neither is, trying to make the effort to address the issues that's um, causing the relationship to deteriorate. So neither, neither party is happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just comes down to not being honest. Um, and when, when people aren't honest um, and, and it is like the other one of um, committing to the, like the danger in committing to the partner versus the relationship means the partner has less incentive or less interest in working at having a great relationship. And it's, um, uh, I can't remember who, who wrote it, but there's a, um, someone wrote a business book and he, he said that the enemy of good, the enemy of great is good and people settling for good um, means that they can never have great. Um, and so a mediocre relationship can never be a great relationship um, if you settle and if you say that's okay. Um, okay. Um, I think that one's quite straightforward. So we move on to, and we're running a little bit late. So commitment four is now sort of tying this together is commitment to choosing a partner based on the qualities um, for a long-term successful relationship. So does does anyone have a reaction to <clears throat> to that initially? Can you say that again, please? Yeah, it's being it's commit to choosing a partner for the for the qualities. Uh, commit to a partner for the ability to have a satisfying long term relationship. Oh, where do you get? Oh. So basically, it's. Um, a lot of people pick a partner based on the fact that they have a great time dating based on the fact that they really feel something for them, that they are really attractive, that they think that they're stable or they're completely unlike their last partner. Um, but the dating relationship is very different to a domestic relationship. Um, and it needs different qualities. Um, so it's choosing someone for their ability to be kind, trusting, um, respectful. Um, does that make sense? Well, I'll be saying without, I mean, you're not just saying, okay, I've chosen somebody who is a good person in my definition and that's it, are you? Um, 
so a good person, but um, also someone someone that you can someone that you can get along with, but it's someone that you can work out your differences with. It's someone who, when you have an argument, they have the chance to hurt you that they don't. Someone that when they have the chance to take advantage, they don't. Um, so it's based on someone, someone that you okay, can. Okay, so that's that, that's that, that's your definition of a good person, and I get that. Um, but they're going to be kind of special to you as well, aren't they? Yes, yes. But um, so the the danger is that you have you you have you're dating and you have a great relate you have a great time dating, and you go, oh, this is the person I love. This person, they're wonderful, um, and like pretty much every young newly newlywed couple it's it's the thing of but we love each other so nothing else matters or, or we're so alike and then 10 years later um they can't even look at each other um so it's recognizing that you can have a great time dating someone but that some person that's fun and exciting is probably unstable um and very difficult to live with in a domestic environment so it's it's the qualities. So yes, it's, it's, you do do the dating. So basically my idea is you meet someone, you're open, you get to know them. You spend six months, a year getting to know what they're like. You have a great time. You get along with them. They're special because you're going to have those feelings. Yeah. You know, Both heart but, and mind. Yeah. But they must have, yeah, which we'll get onto. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Know, I just thought you meant the mind, but not the heart. This one. No, both. Yeah, because you okay. have to have the dating is you go you got yeah if you don't have a good time dating you're not going to date someone you're really bored with that is you know like really so nice. dull you've got no attraction to but they're a nice person yeah um, no it, it's not making it it's not getting carried away by lust or by your heart um, but also knowing okay yeah these are the challenges the next five ten years okay. Um, Right, so we're running a little bit over. Do you want to have a, a discussion group talk about this or should we move on and then just have one discussion talk to wrap it up? Yeah. Let's, let's mm -hmm. move on, yeah. Okay, so uh, the fifth commitment is oh, to being the partner that you expect. And this is only, you can't expect because the other side of... of you, is, is in order to have the, the better relationship you want, you have to be the best partner. Um, and then you demand that the other person be the best partner. Um, and they should demand of you. Um, so the point of a relationship is you both have to be better than you are singly, because it's easy to be happy on your own. But to be happy together is harder. And so it takes more skills, more knowledge. Okay, so... We're, right, we're running close to time, or maybe even though slightly over time. Do you want to break out to a discussion group, or do you want to have a discussion group here? I'm happy here. Um, I, I can put a quick point, point to what you just said, though, Rob. I think that goes around like a post that uh, gets shared on social media. It's to say, would you date... Uh, would you let... I'm trying to think the exact words. We've all seen it. Would you let somebody date, would you let your daughter date a man like you? Yeah. It's the headline. If you if you won't let your daughter, then you need to be a better person. 
Yeah. 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 So that, that, to me, that covers it. If you don't think your daughter would be good enough to date a man like you, then maybe you should also change. Good one. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's so true. Um, and so the reason for the word commitment is that we need to commit to those. And if we can commit to those five and navigate everything around that, then basically that's the key. That's like the North Star of what guides us. Um, because what happens mostly is we let go of one of those commitments. We get too involved in this person. We, you know, and this is why I think unconditional love is such a danger. Love unconditionally, but you don't necessarily stay in a relationship without condition. And I think the way Alan put it is, is, is basically you have to have that condition on what, in which the relationship stands. Otherwise, everything else is going gonna, is gonna to fall apart. So, ah, thank you. Um, yeah, so any, I mean, anyone else have? Yeah, I, I was going to quickly jump in there, if I may. Um, one thing I was going to say was, how do we hold up the mirror? Because, um, you, okay, you made all these commitments um, and, and you, you, you are committed, or at least you think you are, six months, one year, two years down the line, you go off track. But as far as you're concerned, you are committed still. How do you hold up the mirror and realize that you are the one that's a strainer? Um, I think that you each have to hold up the mirror for each other. I don't, because we can't see it, which is why it's um, the commitment to taking responsibility for your relationship is because otherwise, if you don't commit to that, you're going, to, you're going to blame the other person. It's the other person's fault. And so when you look at people on dating sites, they are mostly, um, yeah, my ex was this, my ex was that. And you could talk to the ex who would tell an entirely different story. So um, we, I, I think it, it comes down to slaying the dragon. And slaying the dragon is a process of, we have differences, we have problems, Here's how we're going to resolve them. So we contract. So we agree. The, you know, it's clear, honest communication. This is what I expect. This is what you expect. You do this. I do this. Um, and particularly if you've got it written down, it's then, okay, you know, this is what we, and, and the quality of contracting is, it's like setting goals. It has to be um, really specific, concrete, that you can measure it. Um, I, okay, you're not living up to this, um, or I don't feel you're living up to this, and then it's the discussion. I think the, that only works if you have uh, a, a, a level of respect that allows the conversation or the negotiation or whatever it is at that point to be done in a way that is not um, accusing of each other. And... Um, you would hope that that can be done before you get to that stage where it's you did this, it's your fault, I'm not to blame, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because then 
one partner is usually um, going to be at a, at a, a greater disadvantage than, than, than the other one in many yeah. instances. Yeah, um, definitely. And that's why the first commitment is to the quality of the relationship. Um, and I believe that you, like, you don't commit to someone until you've slayed the dragon. Because if you don't know that you can make that relationship work, um, then what are you committing to? So I think you do the work up front and you do that contracting and you do that when you're in that newlywed state, you know, like when the newlyweds are all in love and believe that nothing's ever going to be different for them. That's when you do the work. The problem is that everyone thinks that, you know, like every 25 year old who's just got married, is like, yeah, you know, they, they, you always get some family member and it's like, you have to work together. It's not always going to be great. Yeah, I know, but we love each other and we're so similar and we're so alike and we get on so well. Um, and, and people are like, yeah, see them in 10, 15 years. Everyone knows what's coming, um, but they don't see it. So um, I think most of us have, you know, like had, had one relationship or one major relationship like that fell. So um, we have a little bit of experience of this is what we do up front. Um, whereas I think, you know, 20 year olds still have that, you know, they, ha they haven't been bitten by life maybe to, to have that recognition. What, what do you mean by slaying the dragon? Sorry. Is that a, have you talked about that earlier? Yeah, um, we did. We did one on slaying the dragon. So slaying the dragon is basically the uh, fairy story. Fairy story is prince meets princess. Um, they fall in love, um, but they can't be in love. They can't. They have to slay a dragon, lift the witch's curse. Now, and then they live happily ever after. So our our mythology says we meet the we meet the one. Um, we fall in love. We live happily ever after and we skip the slaying the dragon and the slaying the dragon is okay like dan wilde says when you marry someone you marry a set of problems so everyone that you have a relationship with you you're going to have problems with because you're not the same you know not 100 the same so what you do is you slaying the dragon is how you resolve their problem those problems how can we um how do we resolve problems like we, we're going to have different views on money sex um, children, uh, family, socializing, career, something on, on there is going to be your dragon. Now, how do you resolve it? How can you have that respectful relationship even when you have different opinions? Um, and so recognizing your differences, your uh, perennial problems, I think Gottman calls it, um, that is slaying the dragon. Thank you. So they're the five commitments and we're a little bit later but but much closer to to finishing on time than than usually so what i think might be uh interesting is everyone that's comfortable if you want to share some experience insight or um some knowledge for the group Uh, go on, Laura. You're muted. You're muted. So it just occurred to me when you talk about holding up that mirror. So often I'm, I can certainly, rela can certainly relate to this. 
that holding up the mirror becomes the mirror of accusation, retribution, unkindness, poor feedback. Whereas if it was a mirror of mutual respect, kindness, you know, hey, you know, let's kind of give each other some feedback and it was done really sensitively, it's so much better to do that, to keep problems at bay than when you're both in meltdown and you're just holding up a mirror that's going to show ugly on both sides. Um, it's got to be kind feedback and, you know, really kind of sensitive to, to the difficulties that you're feeling, the other person might be feeling because blame is just, blame can just get so ugly in a relationship. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really um, valuable insight. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that's, that's just what happens once you're feeling bad. It's really hard. So love is really a lot of it. It's largely about how you feel. And when you feel happy, you love the person. When you feel right down here, we often blame our partner because of how we're feeling. Um, and so it's recognizing where am I? Um, and um, how much is that affecting how I feel? Um, I think many of us um, hope, live in hope, in that we hope that if there's a problem, um, that it will somehow resolve itself without us going through the process and the pain of having to have the talk or whatever it is that we need to do. And so we let ourselves um, just go with the flow and then another situation comes on top of the one that we didn't resolve and, it, and so it builds. I think one of the tools that we probably need to learn is to try to resolve issues as they come up so they don't build up to the point where we start to be accusing and be um, really, as you're saying, um, Laura, the whole matter of retribution, pointing fingers, um, accusing, and just talk and, and talking past each other. Because by that stage, we do not speak to each other. We are shouting, we are talking over each other, we are talking past each other, we are not absorbing. We're not listening. Um, and so we're not resolving anything, which I suppose is why people like you, Rob, come into play because then you can be the referee um, to get us to, to, to at least articulate in such a way that um, the other party can hear without feeling that they are being um, beaten up by the, by, the, by the accusing party. But I, so I think that's one of the skills that maybe um, gets overlooked a lot. And it comes back to procrastination because who likes to engage in unpleasant mm -hmm. um, discussions? Especially yeah. when we hear something that we really don't want to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we do tend to, to bury our head in the sands. And, and it's not just in personal relationships. It's, um, so I trained as a mediator um, and um, I trained as a mediator in doing um, like commercial disputes. Um, and the cost, the cost of um, 
I mean, mediation is, is, is minuscule in, in terms of the legal costs. And basically, most mediations, what it boils down to is, um, look, this is what you're going to lose. And all the re mediation really does is they're able to open up that communication because they have a private communication with each side. And they're like, look, what are you going to lose if this goes wrong? Um, you know, what have you got to gain? Um, and just having that in between um, sorts out so many disputes. And people spend 100,000, 200,000 um, in legal costs over just a silly, silly dispute. There was a, a case in the, um, in, in the news a, a couple of years ago, and basically a, a divorcing couple had about 600,000 pound house and they basically lost all of it in legal in legal fees, um, and, and yeah, it, it's just you can. It's just about having that honesty. It's, it's like um, I think the book is radical honesty. Um, if you can have that in the relationship, then um, you don't have the bitterness. If you can say it straight out, but thank you for that. Um, anyone else got uh, any insights or comments or questions before we wrap up? Um, could you run this uh, five commitments again? Could you have another um, meetup where we be, where you go through all of the five commitments again and everything that was? Is th is that B? Sorry. No, this is Louise. Oh, so, sorry, I couldn't see who was talking. Um, uh, so did you see the blog post? I haven't looked at it yet, no. Okay, so uh, the, the, the summary. So basically what, what we do is um, the week before there'll be a blog post with like a summary of information or whether it's a review of a book or whatever. Um, and the background information is in, all, in that blog post. Um, and then this is the discussion of it. Um, so... Um, what did you want to go deeper into it or um... Um, well probably just the beginning the opening um, okay again just, just I, okay and there, there, is, there is the recording so there'll be a recording out tomorrow of the main room discussion um, so yeah that's always there um, and and you can post you can post any questions on the blog post or in the meetup group um, although they sometimes um, you don't really see them. Uh, often you don't see them. Um, okay. Anyone else or, sh or we wrap up? I think for me, um, when I read your blog post and the five commitments, um, it's, it's um, gave me clarity on what perhaps I was already doing, but, you know, not realizing um, the one thing I, I wasn't so sure about was the fourth commitment because I'm at the stage where, and I don't know where I am, whether this is dating doldrums or whatever, um, I'm not sure about that domestic relationship at this stage, whether I'm just happy being on my own. Okay. This so the end goal is, you know, that, being a relationship, being married, being together, and I'm not sure if that's where I want to go at this stage. 
Yes, so, um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, there are there are times, you know, I think there's seasons in your life and there's times when you don't want to be in a relationship and then there's times when you do. Um, and um, there's, you know, like you, you don't need to be in a relationship for the sake of it. I think that's where there's a lot of social pressure on people to be in a relationship. But... Um, do you mean that the other person's putting pressure on you to to make it more serious or, or or is it something that you feel internally not at all i'm at the stage where i don't think he wants a, a long-term committed relationship or you know it's it's not it's the relationship's not progressing but i also you know and i know and also from what you said earlier you know i know i'm i'm probably could be quite happy on my own you know, independently. Um, and as I get older, I, I, I do wonder whether, do I want to, could I live with somebody else? Or whether I've got to the point where I'm stuck in my ways or happy to actually I like my own company, I have my own place. You know, it's, um, is that the end goal now? It, I would definitely have said when I was younger, yes, it was. But I'm not so sure at this point. I, I think the great thing about the time that we live in is that you can be anything. You know, you can, you can identify as male, you can identify as female or, or any of those. Um, you know, we, we, we live in an age when we can be homosexual, heterosexual, whatever. And in the same way, I don't think we need to be in a relationship. We can be single. Um, and if you don't feel the pull of being in a relationship, I think then, then first you get clarity on that. Um, so there's no need to jump in a relationship for the sake of it. Um, if you feel that you, you want to, then, um, then you can, but, um, you know, like you, you can have whatever you want. You, you can design your life, whichever way you want it to be. 